3: keep the music flowing. We'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast.
0: It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.
1: That's terrible. I'm using my daughter to, as a as my wine, wine delivery.
3: Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you so much as always for making your way here, checking out this episode in the series. Uh, please hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening from, so you can keep up with all of the interviews that I put out every single week. That's a brand new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to keep you up to date on your favorite artists, discover some new ones, know what's happening in the music world. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. I'm Kyle Mayer. Today, my guest, Aaron Desner. We're going to be talking about how long do you think it's going to last? The sophomore record uh, with Bon Iver's Justin Vernon as the band Big Red Machine. Uh, Aaron uh, takes us through the process of bringing in more friends for this album, including folks like Sharon Van Etten and Taylor Swift and how the set came to focus on themes of mental health, of uh, depression, uh, family dynamics, especially on a song written for the elite Frightened Rabbit frontman, Scott Hutchinson. Now, about on working with Taylor Swift, uh, Desner talks about the process of, of working with the megastar and how her lyrical universe finds its way into the songs they write together. And as a co-founder of The National, we also get a glimpse into their future, uh, when they may reconvene, and how much he considers them his main project these days. So let's do this and discuss Big Red Machines. How long do you think it's going to last? It's Kyle Meredith with Aaron Desner. Hello. Thanks for having me again. How are you? I'm great, it's good to see you. And, uh, and today we're talking about a new Big Red Machine record. How long do you think it's gonna last? Um, it's been so much fun to kind of see this project grow and change in ways I didn't think I expected it to. Of course, the biggest difference uh, immediately that we hear on this, uh, on this sophomore record is that you you change the focus of the lead voice. On the first one, it was mostly just Justin, uh, but now it's everybody. How did that happen? Why did it happen? Yeah. And 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 more so, how do you keep a musical through line going for that long? Because it sounds still, it doesn't sound like a compilation.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think to be honest, the the whole idea of Big Red Machine, even the first record, was to make it this sort of community of voices or like a multi a multitude in a way. And there were we were successful. There's so many there were so many contributors to that record, but ultimately, like because. Justin is the lead vocalist on most of, or all the songs. It feels like a Justin-led record, and and I guess it is. But I think the way we think about Big Red Machine is like it's it's just almost like a. a, a a band, but the windows and the doors are wide open, and anybody, you know, anybody and everybody should pass through. And or it's or it's meant to be collaborative. And and I generate most or all of the music initially, and so there is like a connect, a sort of a emotional thread through it from the music, I think. And but it really made sense this time to to include a sort of multitude of voices. And I think that it was it's not the easiest type of record to make to have it be cohesive but by the like so we made a lot more songs than are actually on this record but eventually we got to this place where it feels like there's I don't know like character there's many characters in this book but they're all singing about similar things and they're all interrelated and it was really it was really special I mean Justin does sing on on many of the songs but I think it's great that there's all these other voices. And that was kind of always the idea. So it feels much more fully realized this time.
3: And I know that's become, I don't know if you're, if it's your prime mode of working, but you, with the people collective and, and how, you know, you've been constructing records. I think even the you know, the most recent national record was uh, uh, constructed a bit like that too. So that part's not surprising, but, but as you said, kind of figuring out how to make it cohesive. I think that was the, um, for me, that was kind of one of the biggest, like, wow, moments uh, after hearing all of this with, with Justin's voice, though, I mean, we, we do hear it in there, and it blends so well with everyone's. As a producer, how do you approach that part of it? That's It's
1: interesting, like, he's such a brilliant harmonist, like, and he's such a brilliant vocal, like, when you see him record his own vocals, and how he does it, and how he mixes, you know, how he spreads them, and it's really, you can learn a lot, but, so I've had the, I've had, like, been able to be a fly on the wall to see him work. And but also like just having, you know, John Lowe, who's who engineered and mixed this record. And we, you know, did all have done everything together for the last almost decade or so. And I think we've just figured out over time how to like how to mix things where you get the real you get the tonality of each voice, but and nobody's overwhelming each other. But obviously, you know, Justin has such a special voice, but on this record, you you don't want it to overwhelm others. So like he's singing harmony with me on a bunch of songs like the song Bracey, which is where I sing the lead vocal, but Justin is there. And that was, I mean, it's makes it easier for me to sing when you have someone like that harmonizing with you. But it was interesting to mix because like even at a low level, he's still very effective and you can kind of still tell it's him, you know? Um, But it was just, you know, each song was its own journey, I think. So we kind of figured it out, but I had a lot of time with this. So I was able, I do feel like I listen to it now and there's nothing about it that bugs me. Like I feel at
3: peace with it, which is, really nice you know? yeah you, you mentioned uh doing some lead vocals and of course um uh among those the ghost of cincinnati uh is like it comes across to me as a dark song but you still find a moment to pardon pete rose so there's some levity that goes along with it <laughs> <laughs> like what's go where did that one come from i mean to be honest it was it's, it was a response to this
1: to a screenplay that i read by a Young filmmaker from Ohio. Her name's Nicole Rigel. Um, she actually has an amazing film out right now called Holler. H O L L E R. That's set in Eastern Ohio. But um, and she had written about this. It's called Dandelion, and it was just this character, like a struggling songwriter in in Cincinnati, who's like mother's terminally ill, and like just kind of someone that's really kind of at the end of their luck and. I, you know, having grown up in Cincinnati and having lost a lot of people in Cincinnati and, you know, seen a lot of trauma, family trauma, or, you know, just like, just have a lot of memories or a lot of like water under the bridge in Cincinnati. Like, it's just somehow this idea, I just wrote this song and used some words out of the screenplay and also wrote some of my own. And it's kind of like simultaneously about myself and about maybe my parents or about my you know about other relatives or friends you know just people that when someone's really overextended to the point where um they're almost empty like a ghost and wandering around looking at people that that knew them or that loved them and but they can't those people can't see them anymore even though they're still alive and so it was this idea and i just yeah i just i wrote it but it wasn't necessarily going to be a big red machine song it just so happened it just just me playing the guitar it's not there are no other Big Red Machine songs like it but Justin heard it and Taylor heard it and some other friends heard it and they were like this should be on the Big Red Machine record it's like this is special so so there you go it was and it does feel related to everything else so
3: yeah you've talked about those themes a little bit uh wrote down that you talked about themes the album at least building around childhood mental health uh familial dynamics I, I hope that, and, and and I should point out uh, a song called Hutch on here too, about uh, a mutual friend of ours, the late Scott Hutchinson. So I hope the question isn't too blunt, but on those themes, why? Like, why why was, why was, were those the things that came to surface on this set?
1: I mean, yeah, like, I think it's known at this point that, like, I've, I have struggled with depression myself. And, and most, you know, to be honest, most artists, most people I know um, intimately have had, one form of mental health struggle or another, it's like not uncommon. It's just that it still is kind of like, I don't know, people don't talk about it enough or something. So, But um, I think for me, like as I started to write, like Bricey was one of the first songs that was written for this record. And I wrote the words and, and my sister actually helped with the bridge, but, um, and, and I sing that song also. And it's a kind of like a tribute to my brother, Bryce. My mom calls him Bricey. Um, but it's sort of a tribute to him because when I was, I was severely depressed when I was 17 and 18 years old and, and like it hit me like a truck out of nowhere, you know, figuratively like a truck and I, and it was not really prompted by anything. It was just like my brain chemistry just went into this like tailspin and he like refused to let me fall. He really like Held me up. He would just like, I mean, we lived in the same room. We shared a room until we were 18. So, like, literally, when I wouldn't get out of bed or and I couldn't concentrate and I couldn't sleep and I couldn't, I was having these crazy dark thoughts. Like, he just was like, made it his reason for being, you know, at that moment it was like, I'm gonna get him out of this. And so he like did my homework. And, you know, it was like, I was very lucky to have someone so close kind of looking out for me. So this song, you know, when I was writing that song, I just was, I realized it's about that time. And it's about thanking him for being there and, and like wishing he'll be there when we're like, that we'll grow old together. And um, yeah, so it was, and then like, I, I feel like other friends like Anais Mitchell, when she heard that song, and then when she was writing Latter Days, in a different way, it's also nostalgic for a time before you've lost your innocence or, you know, like when you, before you've made some of the mistakes or missteps of adulthood and like kind of searching for remedies or clues in your past for how to live in the future. And um, we just, it's just one thing led to another and it became this kind of like recurring theme. And obviously Hutch was the song Hutch which is really about Scott Hutchison. You know, it was just, he, he, when he disappeared and then when, when he was confirmed that he passed and took his own life, like I was like everyone who knew him or didn't know him. It's like, it's always incredibly shocking and sad when you hear about that. And in my case, because I had produced their last record and the national had toured with them so much. And like, I spoke to him two weeks before um, that happened. And I guess I just was thinking about like, did I miss clues or did I not ask how he was doing enough? Or did I, you know, how did it get so bad that I couldn't see it? And, you know, so it's like just giving voice to those feelings, you know, or those questions in your mind and and the song itself, like, um, you know, it's dark, but there's something cathartic and ultimately, like, almost angelic about it or something. Lisa Hannigan and Sharon Van and Sharon Nova sing so beautifully on it with Justin. And anyways, but yeah, so it is, it is a subject, but I feel like all of, I don't know, I feel like every song that I love in some weird way is kind of connected to... How you feel or mental health you know like in some way
3: and this is just maybe a little more overtly about it so i i was happy to see the uh, the hutch tribute on there too we um have a liner that i decided to keep in from scott's on wfbk just because every time it plays it's like oh hi scott you know to to, to kind of hear those moments again yeah uh talk about mist and then of course the whole crew on there i mean as you said sharon van Etten, uh, lisa hannigan sharon nova all in that song among the many voices that you hear on this record. Of course, I'm gonna bring up one of the other vo- big voices and that's Taylor Swift, who the continued relationship finds its way after after two of her albums onto the big red machine for a couple of songs on here. Considering the world that she operates in, do you have to approach how you work with her differently, a, a song of hers than you would have anyone else's? Does it does it work different? Are the dynamics different?
1: Not at all, really. I mean, she's she is incredibly uh just kind and and very it's very natural like when she's you know Laura writing with her or, or making something with her she's feels exactly like working with someone you've known for a long time and are very comfortable with like she doesn't make you feel like it's a big deal or something just because she's more successful or anything like that she doesn't think that way really um at all so i think for her this was just like she found big red machine inspiring and she'd become part of our community in a way and um i was writing we were writing it writing you know finishing the big red machine music and she'd heard all the songs she loved Birch and she joins Justin on that song and really lifts it Um, and then when we finished Evermore you know I never really stopped writing music I just kind of my natural state and like there was a song some music that I had written that was very clearly Big Red Machine music and she loved it and she I think she just like it's like one day she just wrote Renegade and sent it to me and you know it's like it is like getting, you. Know, I've said this before, but it's always like this weird lightning bolt because she's so, it's just so good what she does, what she's capable of and how she, how she elucidates her ideas and her storytelling and like, but anyways, it was, yeah, it was, a, it was, I'm very thankful, you know, to have these collaborators that are so gifted. It's like, I don't know, I feel like, I don't know, <laughs> I, I sometimes feel like, uh, you know, uh, I don't know how I ended up with being able to be in a band with such talented people, but it's really, I been mean, really lucky.
3: Well, I think it goes something to what you bring to the table. I mean, we've been such big fans of what you do this whole time as well. Uh, I, I did want to ask a bit more about uh, Renegade and Birch too, because only the fact that, you know, here are songs that you've been a part of writing, but the fact that she's a part of them, they become part of a universe, you know, with her fans, how it becomes part of this whole Uh, everybody's looking for clues, you know, after Evermore, there were rumors at first that there was going to be a trilogy of albums and that was kind of shut down. But, but does that kind of cross your mind as these songs that you're also writing are part of this universe now in that, that sort of fandom way?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I totally know what you mean. And it, I think it's fun. It's like her, her, her fans are so passionate and kind of like, enjoy the weird constellation of like this Taylor's mind, you know, her lyrics and her there are a lot of clues and kind of interconnected stories and things you can read in. It's like um it's like this weird mythology or something that she's created and and like brilliant storytelling. And um so of course like a song like Renegade or or anything else we might do might I understand that. But I think that's what's fun about music and about, you know, this art form is just like, and I love it. that's also the part of Big Red Machine that is really kind of what I love is like when I grew up with listening to like, like a scouring vinyl and stuff to see like, who's playing that guitar solo on this song and who and like, oh wow, like why is Jerry Garcia appearing on every record in 1967 or whatever. And like, I always found that really exciting and kind of like gives things this weird, like visceral kind of mythical energy or something so I like the fact I really love that like wow they like they made folklore and evermore and then like there's this other weird thing happening and like there's 29 musicians on this record and they all play on other records and I would love to if you could just visualize all of that it's like that's what I I do like that about music or about the recorded artifact of like oh there's a lot of people that have touched this thing and that's cool, you know, that's like interesting. So it's not like some, nobody cooked this up in some like, whatever, like nobody was trying to make a hit record or something. It was just like weird
3: community, like people bouncing off each other and then there's a record, you know. With all of those people, how are you going to tour this? Is that, have you figured that part out yet?
1: I think no, and I, I, I don't think there'll ever be a real tour but I hope that someday they'll be like, small you know like a couple shows or something and we document it and like really do it right you know I don't know where we could do that but like I think everybody that would be really amazing if we could all just show up and like play it play
3: play the songs play all the songs the first record also and you know it'd be great do you do you all with with as many people now as a part of this do you keep a list is there is there like a wish list a dream list of like now that the doors are wide open
1: not really but like I think we love the the possibility of it, you know. I, I think it's, and also it could just be that it's just this cast of characters keeps making songs together. Feels really good, you know. But um, I think it's like it, it's it's very organic. Like I I may I may not write anything good ever again, or or like tomorrow I could write the best thing I've ever written or something. So I
3: don't know. We'll see. I expect that that'll be the thing, that there will be more great songs coming. I, I know that's going to be happening for you. I, I would be remiss if I also didn't ask about The National. I mean, uh, is is that next? Is that in the future? Are we still getting music from The National?
1: I, th- I, I feel certain that The National will rise again um, in some way. And um, there is a lot of idea. There are a lot of ideas, and, and I miss those guys. So uh, I see my brother, and I've seen seen all of them but I think at some point it would be nice just to like feel that thing you know um again but it's been good also to have a break from it and like in a way like we toured for 20 years basically and all the wreckage of that and all the you know all the positives and all the negatives we've kind of seen them all and um having a break that was in because of the pandemic has been a good thing in a way like I think it's this like a reset and then like at some point we'll fire it back up but it is it's like it's weird it's like it does feel like where is it where's my where where
3: are those guys you know
1: um and like it's weird not to have played the songs in so long i don't know if i'm going to remember how to play them but i hope so <laughs> well
3: that's that's what i wondered like if I'm if, sure if in your mind you still have a thought like oh this is my main gig and this is my other gig or is everything now well blended where it's just music and forward
1: yeah it's very well blended it's like mu- music and forward and I mean, I still feel like the best stuff that I've ever made is with the national, or it's like, those are my people or something, you know, and that's how I learned to do what I do and um, have a tremendous amount of respect for each one of them. Um, So, but I think it's also good that we have been able to kind of like woodshed away from each other and figure out and learn, you know, like meet new people and make so much music and that's all really positive, I think. But I think there will, it's a weird band, like for us to make something thats that we love, it takes like weird stars up to align and we have to really like feel it, but hopefully it will it will get there. Yeah, we'll see.
3: Well, I look forward always to seeing what you do next. Uh, again, you know, I'm such a big fan of what you do in, in the national, especially in Big Red Machine. This has been such a fun project to listen to in this record. How long do you think it's going to last? Uh, and, and I'm especially interested to hear more of, of you as the vocalist too, because uh, the, the songs that you do on here are so good. They're so good. So, you know, thank you for thank continuing, you so much. man. Yeah, thank th- you Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
1: I'll try not to hide, hide out so much, but it is weird. It's like, not like I feel like I'm going to be like some great singer all of a sudden, but I'll, I'll like, I'll pipe up when I have an idea.
3: <laughs> awesome. Aaron, it was great talking to you again, man. Um, take care. And, uh, and hopefully we'll see you around you. soon. Thank you so much. All right. See you. Bye. Take care. See you. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. Download the free Anchor app right now, or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Last time Aaron and I spoke was back in 2018 on the first album from Big Red Machine. I'm going to include that interview here as well. We got to talk about the collaboration uh, with Bon Justin Vernon, as well as his community-based streaming service, People, and a lot more. Part two of Kyle Meredith with Aaron Desner. Hey, Kyle. It's Aaron. I thought I'd start, you know, your your publicist, when, when she set this up and everything, she asked a question right at the end, and she said, and let me know if you have any questions about people. And I thought, well, that's a yeah. hell of a question to begin with. Do I have questions about people? This is certainly, endlessly. But that's not what she was getting at. In fact, there is a different kind of people, and it's all capitalized. And I thought that'd be a good place to start, because that's sort of where all of this starts, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think um, it's been, there's this, you know, this, artist collective that we've been sort of is is an energy that's been around for a long time you know in our community and in Justin's community and just just sort of the reality the truth behind music is that it's rarely a solitary genius in the bedroom making music you know it's almost always the product of a group of people or a community of people and I've found over many years that that music making music making art trying to find a sustainable life and all of this that's not you know where you you're not making big compromises where you're not sort of signing your your rights away or or kind of getting involved with corporate interests it like it's basically it's very helpful to have a community around you and, and to collaborate and to be generous with others and they're generous with you and to have alchemy with folks and we've sort of found over many years <clears throat> of working and knowing each other, not just Justin and I but a large community of people, that, that there's something missing in the music industry which is kind of a place for open collaboration between musicians without the kind of pressure of branding it or or touring for three years or taking a band photo or kinda of going through the promotional bottleneck that you have to go through if you're kind of doing the conventional record release and so that's how people came about and people is essentially it's a it's a publishing platform it's a sort of a you know for lack of a better word it is a kind of streaming service a home for everything from very raw improvised music that you know i could record i could you know I could sit here with my guitar right now and put a microphone up and record while I'm talking to you and then put it up on people if I wanted to, or, you know, everything from that all the way to like a very composed, developed record, like Big Red Machine, which is kind of, you know, um, and everything in between. And I think we just wanted to try to create a, a new kind of frame for this kind of energy and also just co-working amongst. It's very it's very easy to share credit and share revenue, yeah, it exists right now as a website um, where you can go listen to tons of music, and eventually it'll be an application. And it's not meant to to replace anything, or it's not really even a reaction against anything. It's it's more just something we felt was missing, and you know, how do you recreate the feeling of? looking around a weird record store and finding stuff that you're interested in and not because some al- some algorithm is telling you to listen to it. so Or a weird radio station, for, <laughs> for, for that matter.
3: You know, there's there's a quote somewhere where you, and maybe the press release, where you're saying, with this, as you're talking about right now, it, you, you see the process of making work and showing it all openly. And I thought, you know, a lot of artists, or maybe not, but it, it would seem like a lot of artists would run away with this because, in a sense, it might take away from the mystique, you know, that 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 music has allowed you know through the ages and, and i thought also it doesn't it doesn't take away from that mystique at all i didn't know if that was on your mind at all for this yeah no i
2: mean i mean i think i came up you know i got my first exposure to rock and roll and like any kind of mythical legendary rock and roll stuff you know was the grateful dead and grateful dead the way you where when i got into the grateful dead it was in the early 80s when I was like you know eight nine years old 10 years old and it was we were getting these like seventh generation bootlegs on cassette tape and there was definitely like you know good quality bootlegs and also for the performances that were really transcendent and then I got into jazz and I got into you know a lot of music that was more spontaneous and where you would I kind of always liked to hear the the mistakes and the kind of like people talking or you know weird uh stuff and and then i think with like as the national became a band and in the way we kind of came up it just was never part of our vocabulary we would we would obsessively make these records and you know spend a lot of time in the studio and and um and perfect them in some ways, but I think it was always there, like this feeling of my brother and I always enjoyed playing improvised music, and Justin Vernon and his community, they definitely like come from a place of just you know deep you know versatile musicians that enjoy not always being so prepared or so you know like I think. You know, when you travel around with a rock we've been touring in the National for almost 20 years and after a while it does become kind of like Groundhog Day like what city are we in and here we are playing our songs again and you know and it's it can be hard to change them when you're just exhausted and you're kind of like on the fly so having an outlet for just this, everything in between and And to show more process, like even, you know, I I think some of this energy will even filter back into the band, you know, it's like, um, and it did already with, you know, Sleep Well Beasts, because that was kind of, we, we did the Day of the Dead project, the crazy six-hour, mm-hmm. you know, tribute to the dead as part of this charity record. And because and we'd worked with Bob Weir and, you know, we we're all kind of like, not maybe not Matt, but the rest of us really love that music. And um, that energy kind of did already filter back into the band. But I think, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with making a very polished record. And there is something important about that to, like it to achieve but i also think there's a lot lost you know if you ask any artist like what's on your what's on your hard drive or where, what are those tapes in the corner there usually there's something really interesting there and in every project that i've ever done working with musicians a lot of times it's the fragments that end up being the most important things the idea that they didn't think was special might actually be the thing that evolves into something really transcendent you know and so i think we're just trying to create more of a frame for that, and also to to encourage people to work together and to be open you know and then there and of course this is already happening in a lot of communities naturally, but there isn't necessarily a home for it and we, and for sure, the streaming services are not built to show context in a three-dimensional way so if you go on you know apple or spotify you can't tell who's playing the drums or maybe they, you know, they're starting to roll out credits but like i don't with database functionality it's so easy to have all that metadata there and i think it's a little bit lost as far as the you know the medium like i i actually as a listener i use that would be my favorite thing is to read bob dylan's essay on the back of a vinyl or whatever while i'm listening and i think um it's so easy to do so we've just created kind of a a frame for that and um and it's fun like so this Big Red Machine project is really the first record that was made for this platform and it kind of like was it was just a lot of fun to embrace the kind of process and and um it feels as exciting to me as any other record I've ever made but it does feel different because it's had this kind of different frame.
3: Yeah and, and I'd like to hear about that too because you you've said it before too you said this feels like something new you know as a listener when i get it of course what i hear is a song from people that i love and and there's the song you know yeah. but but as you're yeah. talking about the process like how is this something new what is it about big red machine that inevitably does make it different from the way you would normally do an album
2: You, you mean you're right there is there is you know on a, on a very Elemental level or simple level, it's still you know musicians writing writing songs together and and there's still you know you hear alchemy you know the same alchemy and bigger machine as you might hear in something else or in the national or whatever. But <clears throat> I think um, the way we went about it, where we didn't have a plan to be a band, we didn't have a plan to release a record. We just just in there like sitting by a fire upstate in my you know, my house and because we're friends and talking to other friends. And then we, you know, we're talking about people because it was a couple of months after the first Berlin residency that we did in 2016, which is kind of where this all came from. Um, But And we are just, basically, I started playing some music I'd been working on. And he says, well, why don't we put up some microphones and mess around? And that was the beginning of Big Red Machine. But what happened was we still didn't say, oh, let's, let's call it Big Red Machine and make an album. But then we decided, well, why don't we just, do this for fun when we're in the same place. So when we were at Eau Claire last summer or in in Haven in Copenhagen and then in Cork, Ireland, at Sounds from Safe Harbor, each place we just got up and played an improvised concert where we were kind of performing these sketches in front of people, basically writing songs in front of people. And it was something that we had been experimenting with at Eau Claire and, and, and at, you know, at the people residency in in Berlin and in other places, like kind of taking down that wall of like presentation where it's like allowing people in on the kind of, you know, workshop in a sense. And so that's how we wrote these songs is kind of through performance. And then after the fact we did gather Mostly at Long Pond, my studio in upstate New York, and some at April Basin. We worked on the songs a lot more, but then at some point we sent them to thirty friends. You know, we just sent. We we made rough mixes and we sent notes with all the lyrics and just sent them or sent them out. And like in every so thirty friends, musicians of all kinds, sort of worked on them and sent us contributions, which we then sort of like edited and played with and processed and sculpted into the, into the record. So it felt, I mean, it's not, not totally dissimilar from how maybe some other records are made, but this from the beginning, it was never really about like, we're the band, you Mm -hmm. know, we're going to write, we're going to make this, we're going to be the the big red machine. It was really always going to be this sort of communal effort. But at the core of it, there's still a strong idea and a strong, you know, sound and whatever it has. It does have a a thread. Uh, But it just, to me, it feels it has this sort of wild communal energy that feels really, I don't know, just refreshing.
3: And and it's such an interesting idea. And and to see the way that the songs still come out. I mean, it, it could have been one of those too many cooks in the kitchen scenario, but I never get that feeling from any of the songs, and you know, even the variations and styles. Like, uh, I'll bring up uh, uh, Lila. Uh, uh, I mean, it's got a bit of a hip hop yeah. feel to it. Even, even uh, like I can, I can hear even specifically like a Kendrick sort of feel to you know what's going on with that one. Yeah,
2: I mean that that one is um, it's actually based. There's a A drum loop sometimes Brian Devendorf from the National sends me drum loops that he made in his basement on his iPhone (laughs) like when he's just hanging out and it's in seven so it's in sort of an odd meter but um and then I wrote the music to it and um and I it just never it just was sort of something I I was excited about and I played it for Justin it was kind of the thing that most Excited him, and um, at first, and and then J T Bates, the drummer who plays on the record, he's this amazing jazz drummer. Who plays a lot of different stuff, but he, you know, he just like unloads on it, and it just was. It got really exciting from the beginning, um, but I think it goes to different places. So at first, yeah, it has this kind of like hip hop energy, maybe, but then later it kind of becomes almost baroque or mm. something when it uh, on its way out, and um, and Phoebe Bridgers. Uh, Brad Cook, who is um, was there and is, plays a lot on the record and helped to sort of produce it. He he was out in L. A. and like played it for Phoebe in the studio, and she improvised to Justin's improvised vocal in the bridge, you know. And so it had, but they sound almost it sounds composed. And I don't think there's no like really. I never have the feeling about with this stuff as too many cooks in the kitchen. It just sounds like it just, I don't know, it just speaks to the alchemy of people together. It's just really exciting to me in this, in this way. And I think there was a lot that we didn't use also, but I think the stuff that we did use, it just feels, um, feels fun. But these songs, we've been playing them live a little bit, and they they can take different shape. They can also be very stripped back, you know, which is fun to play them. Sometimes we do it just the two of us also.
3: Is there a bit of, um, I don't know, self-awareness, inside joking to the uh, lyrics to Gratitude, because when, when Justin comes on and says, you know, I better not fuck this up, we better not fuck this up. <laughs> I don't know if that was in reference to what you were doing. Yeah,
2: I mean, I, I it's funny, I haven't actually asked him that question. That's a good point, though maybe that is, uh, there is some, like, self-awareness. But I, I think it was also, he's he thinks a lot about sound and, like, certain things just click in his brain, and he probably had to just just felt like it had always been there you know So it's something about it. it's really fun to do that one live it kind of like blows the roof off
3: of course you know I, I do want to bring up that that name because big red machine i i have to imagine is in reference to cincinnati and 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 the reds
2: yeah it's like dubious uh cincinnati reds mythology but really it's you know because bryce and i my brother and i were born in 1976 which of course is the year that the right. second year in a row that the Cincinnati Reds won the World Series that they beat the Yankees that year and and um we grew up you know we were at the game where Pete Rose broke Ty Cobb's hit record and and sort of our literally our our bedroom we shared a room growing up until we were, went to college and and on the walls there was like Cincinnati Reds memorabilia literally of the big red machine so when I wrote we were making dark was the night in 2008, which is this other charity record for red hot that, um, that we made and we invited Justin. I invite, I wrote him on MySpace actually. And <laughs> it was right after for Emma had, you could still do that at that time. Um, was after for Emma had come out and we were touring on boxer and in a way we were, you know, deeper into what we were doing in terms of just having been on tour for many years and et cetera. And he was very gracious and sent back the song bracket, Wisconsin uh, like in two weeks or something. And, And we were just like, wow, like, I guess he's in a, he's in a prolific mode. Maybe we could like write a song or something. And so I, Recorded some music on the piano, and I, when you make a new Pro Tools file, you have to call it something. So I'll, like, I named them all kinds of things, and actually, a lot of the Big Red Machine song titles are actually just my sketch titles like Deep Green and Forest Green. And there's another one that we didn't finish called Infinite Green. And, but anyway, so I, the, the, the back then I just called it Big Red Machine because I was probably thinking about, you know, whatever my childhood. And, and um, then he wrote a song to it and he interpreted it. The Big Red Machine as a heart, there's sort of this heart imagery and the lyrics of that song. And that was really the first, we had never met in person. It was like the first collaboration so it felt like when we were gonna do this it just made sense that we call it big red machine and then the cover of the record is actually like a heart amulet like an ancient sort of image of what they thought a heart looked like it's all kind of you know but i have no i do i do love the 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 like you know the big red machine cincinnati reds mythology but it is funny that a lot of them turned out to be kind of bad guys so (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of like Take and take it with a grain of salt.
3: Is there any kind of uh, baseball rivalry between between you and Justin? Because I, I would I would guess probably he's probably like a Twins or a Brewers fan.
2: Yeah, I don't get like it's funny because he's a huge basketball fan and a football fan, but I don't get the feeling that, his, that he's a huge uh. baseball fan. Although his dad is like um, an arbitrator for for. Baseball, actually, I think for a while, but he's, um, he, yeah, we haven't had that discussion, but I think he's, he's like Ohio. It's funny. Cause I say everyone from Wisconsin is just like a nicer version like, they're that much nicer the further west you go, so... <laughs> but, like, it is still the mid... We're all still Midwestern,
3: so... Well, we, of course, we've got the Farm League for uh, for the Reds, too, so... Did, we're, I'm I'm connected, at least, in that way. You know, we've got the bats down okay. here, so... Okay, it's true, <laughs> it's true, it's true. Um, what, so what's what's the further plans for people? I mean, you, you, you've talked about, you know, having the concerts in the past. Are there gonna be more of those? Is this gonna keep going further?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's not it's we want it to grow far away from us and to be very soon it shouldn't feel like it's led by us you know i think it should feel like a true collective and it should grow artist to artist into diverse corners far away from us and it's already happened i think there's like 800 contributors already on the on people and it's only been two months or something so um and there's almost i like like close to a thousand people a day are signing up to like, listen and, you know, so it's definitely has a weird energy to it. And um, I my hope is that, that, it, that it, it creates new kinds of music, you know, like new kinds of... And already I've had so many experiences, you know, that I wouldn't have had, not just Big Red Machine, like, you know, at the People Festival in Berlin last week, I was, yeah, you know, I would be playing very experimental music, sort of textural noise in one room and then go into another room and get to play with a chamber orchestra and then go into another room and I'm writing songs with singers I love. And, you know, and it's just and all that stuff can become can live on this on this platform and then it can also publish out so the idea is not to be in opposition to anything like Spotify or Apple it's actually Kind of like in 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 sort of concert with them, where we can publish to those platforms also, and kind of enrich them with whatever is being made. And you know, so it's it's a very it's a it's a good. I just I feel like it's a healthy development in music. And we've had a lot of support from wonderful people like J Jaguar who's you know they're secretly Canadian. Jag are mm-hmm. just they're the label that Justin's been on with Bunny Bear, and they've just been really supportive and helping us figure this out. And and you know, they put out the Big Red machine record on physical so you can buy it as vinyl and and uh, help us get it out everywhere and 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 it's really it's just a kind of a fun thing so I hope it just I hope it grows but slowly but also far away from us is the idea
3: I mean what you've done with your career by the way has been so much fun to watch because you know a lot of people they 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 get their band they do their thing and that's it and and the way you sort of just find all of these things to, to branch out into you know it's whether it's whether it's you know beyond the national something like this and people and film scores and the collaborations and and everything to go there we, I love I love watching what you do and hearing what you do
2: um thank you so much it's definitely it's been very fun i don't know like it's not like don't really have any special plan about that It just kind of stuff happens and i think again if you're sort of open and Like playing music, uh, as opposed, I don't know. Like we we've never been the type to sort of sit on our hands and be in love with something we did before. It's sort of like well we did that so i mean it's funny i talked to just like justin doesn't love to talk about music really because he'd prefer just to make new music and i understand that you know it's like um and i think that's how i feel a lot too is just like keep moving because we're lucky to have the opportunity to, to do this and and also help other people have outlets and have opportunities so that's also why we Try to like, especially this people project. It's really about giving other people an
3: outlet that might come up in 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 sort of competition with uh, something else because your past is going to start being in those big round numbers. I mean, you mentioned earlier, you know, the national uh, turning uh, yeah. twenty years old. What well, that's next year, right? I mean, suddenly that you know it, it's yeah. going to be a lot of this stuff where people are going to be asking you about those big round numbers. Um, with that in mind, I mean, do you do you guys think you're going to be celebrating 20 years? Is that part of moving forward, looking back? Yeah,
2: I mean, we we're not big fans. I mean, actually we had a great time performing Boxer in its entirety because that record actually really works like that. And then we there we were even joking as we we were like well maybe we should just do all the records like that when their when their birthday comes up but I don't know we already missed alligator's birthday I guess but I think um <laughs> the band is actually really healthy we're kind of working a lot also like there's been a lot of music a lot of new music being made with the band and Matt is in a very like energetic place with stuff right now and and the shows have been really fun this year. So um I don't know. I think I, I kinda think we need to we all have little kids and stuff, so I think there's not we have to be careful how much we tour at this point. So I think we'd rather do really special things and less of it or something, mm-hmm. um, So, but make a lot of music and, and just enjoy it while we can.
3: I mean, some of those bands, they've done that, you know, not done the tour, just did, I mean, remember doing the Pearl Jam 20, you know, it was just one show or one weekend, whatever it was. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely, i will keep it in mind for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I know it's hard, as you said, to look back, especially if you're already being excited about new music. Um, I'm always certainly excited about new music from you guys, so I will not okay. ever complain about that. I'll end with, you know, what what else is on the books for you uh, outside of that? Do you have any other big projects on the way that we can look forward to?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's the studio that we have in upstate New York, Long Pond, uh, which is where I live. It's near Hudson, New York, and there's just so many great musicians coming through there and making records and stuff. There's a bunch of stuff that's like being made and um, feels really exciting, and but I, you know, I won't mention anything specific. But there's just you know, some of it's part of the people kind of collective, and some of it's just like records that'll come out. But um, just excited to have that space and and be working. But but yeah, it's just we actually recently did a help to we wrote the music and the songs for an adaptation of Cyrano de Bergerac for theater that's sort of being test run in Connecticut, but it seems like it's going to like go on and have a life. And that's, that was pretty much of a, 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 a trip because we had never really thought about that. It was an interesting challenge and really fun actually. So we did, my brother, I and Matt worked on that and kind of excited to see what happens with
3: it. Oh man! Well, we'll always be listening and be waiting. And I uh, appreciate it, Aaron, for taking the time to talk today. And uh, and go over this and, and you know Thank congratulations you. on this man people is really one of the coolest projects out there and we're really loving Big Red Machine too amazing thanks so much for supporting it all right for man sure. we'll see you around whenever you get back yeah. down here cool. <laughs> for sure take care all right bye and again thanks to Aaron Desner the uh, new Big Red Machine album is called how long do you think it's gonna last thanks to you as well for checking out this episode uh, listening to the whole thing you're you're to the end now so if you haven't already uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe button I put up brand new interviews every Monday Wednesday and Friday. At iTunes and Apple Podcasts at Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions. Anywhere you get your podcast from, subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. After that, head over to WFPK.org where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. That's an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews. Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all three of them at Kyle Meredith. I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network